Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. Forever. Dog. Rose and Jamie are two best friends. And they love sex and the city. And they couldn't help but wonder. Do you love it too? Carrie. Miranda, Samantha. Charlotte. Cosmos. Cheese. So many dudes. Every little dude. Dudes. All the dudes. And we couldn't help but wonder. Jamie Lee and Rose Cerno. I'm Jamie Lee and I'm Rose Cerno and this is Couldn't, Couldn't Help But Wonder, a podcast where we talk about sex and city and how it relates to, to us. us. Um, this so is a new podcast. Be here. Yep, Epi 2. Um, Kicking it off. I just want to introduce people a little bit to us just in case they don't know us, which is like psychotic. I mean, it's grotesque. Literally, if you don't know us, like, I'm gonna what have you even all been over doing? the place, projectile style. Um, Jamie, tell, like, Cretans, like, who you might be. Okay, um, who I might be? <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking Cause, like, they don't even know you could do a anything. career switch after doing this podcast, and uh, I think I'm going to go into uh, bridge building. Anyways, um, I'm Jamie Lee. I'm a comedian and uh, an author of a book called Ridiculous, and I'm here with my very dear friend, Rose Cerno. We are both sex heads, I would say. We are huge, huge fans of Sex and the City. I think a lot of women and men can relate to that. But um, yeah, we are huge fans of the show and we just felt compelled to do a podcast about it because I feel like two best friends who are women should be doing a podcast about that. Who better? Who better for the job? I ask. She asked the question. Um, I'm Rose Cerno. I am also a comedian and a writer and a filmmaker. And yeah, Jamie and I are just two basic bees who unironically love Sex in the City and we love never it. get to hang out. So we were like, let's just do a podcast in order to hang out. And we're doing it. Yeah, this is the it's only happening. time I get to see you. I know. It's so good to see you. So good to see you too. Rose, I have a question for you. Oh my God, please ask. Okay. Who are you this week? You're a total who. It's our first segment, guys. For those of you just tuning in, this is how we kick off the show. Yeah, baby. Okay, who are you? Um, who, who are you? I can't talk already. <laughs> We've been doing this for 30 seconds and I'm already not able to collect my thoughts. Who are you either this week or today or what are you feeling? This week... I think I'm a total Samantha <laughs> because I'm a freelance writer and filmmaker. So I always have like 7,000 things going on at once. Yeah. Um, directing and hosting a web series. I'm writing a couple of interactive web series. I'm doing writing a script, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it can be really overwhelming to like look at your schedule and be like, literally, how am I supposed to do this? And this yeah. sounds like a brag, but no, it's a little bit um, like overwhelming. Samantha was fucking busy. Well, well, the reason that I feel like I'm a Samantha is because... <laughs> okay, that's not why? No. Okay, okay, let's hear it. Is because, like, I've been, like, making really good boundaries. Like, people are asking me, like, can you work on the weekends? Can you do this in three days? And I'm just like, no, I can't work on the weekend. I need two weeks to do this. I'm asking for this much money, and I'm not doing it for less. And I'm just kind I'm of, like, living asking for, it. for what I want. Yeah, I was always really scared to do that. And, like... As soon as I say it, they're like, oh, yeah, sure, no problem. I'm like, what? That's groundbreaking. I thought that they were, like, this guy asked me to, like, work over the weekend to, like, write the script. And I, 
if you if all you do is work, you're literally going to burn out and just not even want to do anything. And the product isn't going to be good. You need downtime. Humans need downtime. Especially Artists need writers. Downtime. Writers need downtime. I think everybody needs downtime. Yeah. And even if you're doing cool work, it's still work. Even if you're like an actor and you're like performing in different things, it's all work. You need to have sure. days where you're literally just like hanging out with your loved ones, being silly, like being outside. Recharging the batteries. Yeah. So yeah. I just like said no. And they're like, okay, cool. No problem. And I was like, what? Whoa. I was like, that was on the table. I'm like, just that learning crazy? that you can like make boundaries. Yeah. I'm, I really love that you're saying that. Cause I, I, that is something I'm struggling with and I'm really trying to get better. Not only just in saying what I'm comfortable doing or, you know, asking for certain things, but also just being in a space where I don't feel guilty about asking for those things. Like, stop thinking, like, I'm saying this to myself. Of course. I'm, I'm literally giving myself a pep talk through you. I'm right. like, no, stop feeling bad all the fucking time right. or thinking people are mad at you. Like, it's okay to be like, this is what works for me because everyone else does it. You're no different. Also, it's really weird, but like the same rules apply to love as career. It's like the more you're like, I can't do this. I'm not available for this. I have to put my foot down. People are like, literally, it's like yes. no is like such an aphrodisiac. And you start I saying know. it at work and all of a sudden they're like, people said no. She must be so talented. It's like, I'm just tired. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like truly. Jamie, that who are powerful. you this week? powerful. Wait, I just need to like bask in the Gal, glory of boundaries. You. Also, somebody else said something to me recently. I was telling them that I just started making all these boundaries, asking for all this money. And people were like, is that what it just feels like to be a white man? Like all the time, all the time. I don't know. We're in a room full of white guys. So they'll tell us after the show. Yes. But right now there's <laughs> silence because it's not their fucking day. This is about us. Jamala, what, yeah. uh, what sex and city character were you this week? Okay. Well, I think I'm going to say I was a Carrie because I'm sort of in this place that I feel like Carrie's often in where she's kind of just like collecting feelings feelings from her friends and kind of just like she's always like assessing she kind of doesn't know how she feels she's yeah, totally. always researching yes. truly she's in permanent research mode so I'm kind of researching my own emotions right now because last night I went to a benefit for a comedian who we both know yes. Jason Sines so tragic who tragically fell through a skylight and um, has I, I don't want to misquote the injury but has like I'm a spinal fracture awful, I believe awful, awful. Um, and I was at this benefit. And it was a comedy benefit for Jason, which is wonderful. And it was at this really cool venue mm. called, I believe, the Regent Theater in oh, downtown. It's awesome. Like I love super that place. Art Deco and like kind of rock club too. It just had sort of like a cool like LA grit to it. It's awesome. Yeah, it was. And it was really cool because there were a lot of people there that we know. I don't see New a York lot. people. Yes. And it was really great how everybody came together. But there was kind of this well, it was inherently sad because what happened to Jason is very sad. And when I, I they showed video of him in the hospital oh, and I, no. I really was struggling um, with being in a space where it's like, but we're all laughing and having a good time. That's and I'm a like, weird mix. It was a weird mix. And I'm in this space where I'm like, I, I'm still feeling depressed, not not just for Jason, but also the whole the whole event was like a little really off. bittersweet and really off. You know That's what? exactly what it is. Even when you were just telling the story, like it's, hard, a, it's hard to talk well, about. This is a comedy podcast and I feel like pressure to be very funny on this. But like while you were saying it, I was like, Rose, don't make a joke right now. This is like not funny. OK, well, it's interesting you bring that up because that was kind of the vibe in the room where it's like this thing of like we're all laughing. And this is how Jason would have, you know, he, he was, I believe, watching it on a live stream. I, I don't know. Someone told me that. But anyways, I feel so awkward. Even you telling me right now because it's like all these jokes. So it's right a lot. My head well, I, so okay. So uh, exactly to that point. Yeah. One guy goes up. Oh no! No! Okay, no! And he starts doing. I swear to God, a, no. a fucking tight ten on how he has bunions, and I'm like, bitch. It's like somebody's literally paralyzed. Up with your feet. This guy has a spinal fracture. Like, shut up about your shoes that hurt. Like, uh, yeah, this doesn't really seem like the just, night to be like, my life is hard. It also doesn't feel like the night to specifically talk about how, like, your body is not working right. It's like, just lay off. Like, pick a different bit. It's like, the, all it means is you can't wear, like, Birkenstocks. Like, I know. That's like the, the, that's like the struggle. I'm pretty sure a bunion, you don't even need a real surgeon also, to have that removed. Like, it's just a podiatrist. I know that like not comedy. that a podiatrist isn't a real job. I'm sure it's a great job. Yeah, I'm we sure just lost a medical all of our podiatrist. Oh my, we have a huge podiatry <laughs> contingency listening to this show. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It I was hard, weird. Rose. I struggled through you even just telling oh, that I know. story. I struggled telling the story because I was like all these 
because I have a horrible comedy brain, like all Please. these jokes started Rose, flashing. I was like, shut up, Rose. Listen to who you're shut talking up. to. You know. know my mind went there as well. I know. And it's just this weird thing where everyone. It Comedians was, should not be doing benefits. They're too fucked up. It was, I know. And it was just, and it was it really. It should be for singers. Singers should be the only ones who can do benefits. Or Puppet maybe. People. Or that's why I think like when they do benefits, like they get, you know, celebrities who don't even necessarily know the person to raise the money. They're like, because, I've never met Jason. Yeah, he sounds also, great. But they're there to like kind of just be like, it's me. And then you cut to the next person. They're like, hey, it's me. You know me. And then that's that. No one feels pressure to laugh or do, I don't know. If anything ever happens to me, knock on wood, mm. nobody can tell a joke. It just needs to be like violently serious. I said the same thing. Gowns, crying, that's it. Yeah. Shrimp hors d'oeuvres. Shrimp hors d'oeuvres? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I want it to be nice. Jesus. <laughs> okay, girl. Oh, my well, God. Uh, what a week. What a week. Should we dive in? I think we should. Why don't you uh, introduce the name okay. and episode? Okay, great. So um, this is the second episode of this podcast, which means today we are covering the second episode ever of Sex in the City, season one, episode two. It's called Models and Mortals. We're going to jump in and just do a quick recap for you guys. So this episode starts with Miranda going on a fabulous date with a guy only to find out from his friends that she's the quote unquote exception to his rule. OMG. He usually dates models, but he's giving it a giving it a go with a normal woman like Miranda. What a saint. When Miranda tells Carrie about the date, Carrie says, oh, my God, you went on a date with a modelizer. Carrie, in true Carrie fashion, has, of course, already coined a term for these kinds of guys and explains that in most cities, models are people you see on billboards. But in New York City, they're just roaming the streets like wild, threatening animals. Literally so true. This leads to the core four at Carrie's apartment chowing down on some Chinese food while discussing models, beauty standards and their own insecurities. In some <laughs> cultures, heavy women with mustaches are considered beautiful. And you're looking at me while you're saying We that? should just admit that we live in a culture that promotes impossible standards of beauty. Yeah, except men think they're possible. Yeah. I just know no matter how good I feel about myself, if I see Christy Turlington, I just want to give up. Well, I just want to tie her down and force feed her lard, but that's the difference between you and me. <laughs> I fucking love this show so much. I know. I have chills. It's my favorite thing. That... That scene is just, I mean, maybe this is why women watch it more than men, but like women talk about their body issues a lot. And that scene is so such a breath of fresh air because they're sitting around eating a bunch of Chinese food, which is like greasy, full of calories, full of carbs. They're drinking wine and they're dealing with this thing that like most of us deal with, which is like we want to live our lives. We want to be able to eat. But like also we feel bad about it all the time. Yeah, I think in general, this show does a really great job of showing, you know, sort of classically thin women who embrace eating they're always going out to eat you always carrie's always like ordering a brownie or ordering a piece of cake and everyone's just kind of in this space where they're like it's new york it's fabulous the food's fabulous it's part they of like food. the textural makeup and yeah. it, it, it's actually sort of almost subliminally empowering for someone like myself who's always struggled with food issues it's really really great to see women who are in you know good normal shape i don't know what normal means you know yeah. what I'm saying in sort of it, whatever it's it's nice to see women eating all the time on TV and really eating real food yeah what did this kind of like you know their whole talks about models yeah. and bodies and when all yeah. the women were going around talking about what they were insecure about what did that sort of like feel like to bring you up for me yeah. <laughs> what did it trigger within yeah um I think that you know well it brought up one thing which you know I think Miranda kind of sets up this thing of like models don't eat models don't eat and I feel like that's I don't know that that's 100% true for all models uh I don't know um but also for me I I mean I've truly struggled with food issues my whole life I came from I think I've probably told you about this before, but like my grandmother was always super, super critical of me at a very young age. Um, in high school, my grandmother and my aunt called me um, on three way to oh have God. an intervention with me because <sighs> I had gained uh, I had gained about 12 pounds. So I wasn't you were literally a growing girl. Yeah, well, I mean, I was eating my feelings, but I think that's what it brought up for me when they called me. What was did that they say? How did they say it? They, my, actually, they kicked off the call. My grandmother Ugh. literally kicks off the call with Jamie, enough's enough. It's time to lose the weight. Also calling it the weight. Also enough's enough as if you were like slamming heroin in the alleyway instead of just like eating a couple too many like fruit roll-ups. And here's the thing. 
if you're overweight over whatever your overweight is, if you're if you've hit that weight, you know. And also, it's also, not you're because a teenager. Of, I know. So and traumatic. also, I was eating my fucking feelings literally every day in high school, probably like junior, senior year. Um, on Sundays, I would, uh, because I was a binge and restrict type person, I would binge all day on Sunday. I would go to the grocery store and buy like every carb under the sun, like biscuits, uh, pound cake, all this stuff. And I would sit in my bed all day and watch TV and eat the entire day because I knew diet starts tomorrow, Monday comes, I reset, and I'm starting to starve myself again. It's really intense, James. It was really intense. And so when someone calls you and they're like, lose the weight, you're like, you're, what you should say is like, do you want to like talk to Are someone? Okay? Are, Are you, you okay? Are you doing okay? Yeah. Yeah. And also like, I know I gained weight. I don't need you to remind me when I'm living in my body. And also like teenagers are so fragile, period. Beyond. Because your body, no matter what your body looks like, it's like uncomfortable and, and awkward. And then to have your fam like you're so impressionable about at that age and you really need people to be like loving and loving. compassionate because you're just like making your own self image and if somebody's like you're fat like even if you're not you're gonna think you are your whole life that is such a great point I think that we kind of um we believe that like or like in psychology it's always like yeah you know when you're a baby those those are your formative years you really need to nurture and and lots of hugging and skin on skin and you hear that and you which hear is that. also true a hundred percent but I don't think it ends no. so quickly no 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 I feel like high school is baby like it's, yeah. a, it's a big baby I needed love and support and affection and like honestly like you don't have to bring it up to me like I'm gonna lose the weight when I'm starting to feel better about myself and starting to feel less depressed it came from a depressed place I also think that like I I don't I'm not gonna put words in your mouth but Please. I have like a very gorgeous vain Jewish grandma who's like stunning mm-hmm. my mom's side of the family is like stunning that's everybody's how my mom's like, was same thing had nose jobs everyone's yep. beautiful exactly and my grandma can be a little harsh with her with her children, I'm super skinny and I grew up like really skinny and I had like the opposite problem. Like I got teased growing up. I was like way too tall, way too skinny. And I had a lot of body shame because I was not like a curvy womanly girl. And in high school, I was totally in love with this guy who was totally in love with me, but I was so embarrassed of my body because I was so flat chested that I like didn't even let him get near me because I was like, if he touches Mm. me, he's going to be like revulsed. So I just like pretended that I didn't like him because I was just so embarrassed of my body. Isn't that crazy? Wait, so I have a question for you. So when Miranda kind of does the well, well, let's just say throughout this episode, there's a lot of like almost stereotypical presumptions made presumptions. Is that a word about models? Yes. About models. And oh, they're dumb. And oh, they're thin. And oh, they barf up their food. How do you? Yeah. Well, this is my question. How do you how did you respond to that? Because you you actually are a model. Like you could be a model. Thank you. You 100 percent could be. Thank you. Well, I grew up with people being like, do you have an eating disorder? Are you anorexic? Which is obviously very, very rude. But I will say um, as an adult, I do think that a lot of professional models don't eat that much. And I do think there's tons of eating disorders. So I don't think that absolutely is. Yeah. Like I did a little tiny bit of modeling in my twenties and I would go to these things and these girls literally were like half of me. So they take the tape measure and they like see the inches of your thigh and that kind of thing. I think it's kind of like inherently like pretty fucked up. Like I hate to say it. It's like, this is going to be really controversial, but like, just like everyone's like, Oh, there's some porn actresses that are like third wave feminists that really are enjoying doing it. It's like, Mm -hmm. I think most of them are like deeply upset and like have horrible families. I kind of think the same about models. Like, yeah, maybe there's some like smart, empowered, healthy girls who are doing it to like put themselves through college. 99%, yeah. I think it's like not anything about who they are as people, but I don't think it's healthy right. eating habits or well, anything. Well, I, I think the point is in, in this episode, I felt like they kind of conflate like, ooh, yeah, she's like, dumb and thin like it's kind of it felt a little dumb and thin I I don't feel like I ever felt like I was dumb. no not not yeah. you I'm not talking about oh, you that, I'm like, saying in the body. episode yeah yeah I'm saying in the episode I feel like they kind of come at the model stereotype in a stereotypical way and I we've talked about this past episodes this the, the show can be very black and white right so I think that that's kind of that was kind of the attitude it I don't felt know like enough to models me. to be like they're me really neither. smart and me I hate neither. to say it but like I would be surprised if they're like geniuses like I mean I had one modeling uh, no I wasn't a model I was around models because I had a fashion internship in college briefly mm, and this I mean it was <laughs> I miss it so much uh, but I I remember one day I was on I was at on set at a, a photo shoot for Jane magazine that was where I worked since 
since folded. It was a great magazine. R.I.P. R.I.P. Um, but this one girl, this one model, she was like from Brazil and she was like in New York City alone. She was like, I don't know, 15 years old, just like hanging out alone. And she came up behind me and like scared me. She grabbed my shoulders and I was like, and I look back and she was like massaging me. And she was like, my fingers, they just get so antsy. And I was like, oh, okay. And it was like, it literally felt like out of a movie of like, this is how models act. They're just kind of like like whimsical and like (laughs) don't understand social cues because they're just beautiful and they don't have to. Like, it was so weird. I felt like the model thing was very relatable in this episode about like living in New York because like I'm, I don't care how like, I've always lived in cities with everyone's hot. I grew up in LA and then I lived in New York. So I've never lived in a city where people are normal looking. But I'm confident I don't even worry about it. But like when I lived in New York, I had a friend who grew up in Portland and in Portland I hate using the number system but she was like a 10 uh-huh. she was like a blonde always got tons of guys and yeah. then she moved to New York and she was like a negative a thousand wow. just in terms of the amount of attention she got mm-hmm. because literally there are the hottest people on earth just walking around Soho right and oh it really I mean, it's, it is a head. thing it is a thing but every I, time I'm in New York I feel like runway models specifically you don't see them as much in LA no, you see them in New York but I think not to put other women down, but I think that if you have a good sense of your personality and you like yourself and you know, it doesn't matter. It's like, yeah, there's people that look like that, but some women get deeply affected by it. And my friend was so insecure. She mm. literally was single for like six years in oh New my York. God. And it's because she had this negative attitude of like, oh, I'm too fat. Oh, I'm too this. And Aww. I have a, I have a friend out here who kind of does that. Like there's a lot of beautiful actresses all over of our life. And she, I have a friend that's always casually putting herself down. I'm so fat. I'm so old. Oh, Jessica Biel, I should look like this. And I'm like, probably it's not so much that you're single because you're fat and old. It might just be this like energy is like really intense. It's totally an energy. Yeah. yeah also because just like, if you're putting yourself, if you, if you in your head are constantly like, I'm not enough, I'm not enough, I'm not enough. You do end up sort of radiating that energy. It's like, unattractive. I, absolutely. And yeah, I mean, I think also this episode, uh, well, this episode also just made me want to give a quick shout out to how much I fucking hate Photoshop. I think Photoshop should be illegal at this point. And it's becoming even more pervasive because now with our phones, everyone's like face tuning and like everyone is like a low key Photoshop artist. And it's just getting worse and worse. The only benefit is that in retaliation to all of the photoshopping now there's like such a strong body positive movement on Instagram and all this yeah and also just body positive like quote unquote models like literally just women who are just like in bikinis like I follow this one girl I think you follow her too Allie Tate Cutler do you know know. who that is I think I shared one of her photos and maybe you started following her but she's just like a beautiful very like average sized person who's she'll like whatever take pictures of her cellulite and she's like I fucking love it I love dimples and I'm like this is helping me because I am someone with a long Polish lineage. Right. There are a lot of fucking dimples in our thighs and no amount of exercise is going to change that. And it's just refreshing to see someone being like, cellulite's beautiful. Like, it's just so like, thank you. Somebody makes me feel less alone. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think this, this, this scene of Sex and the City was really revolutionary. Now young women watching it, they have so many shows about women that maybe it doesn't seem like a big deal. But at the time, watching a group of women talk honestly about their bodies, it might be boring for guys, but we do it so often. And it's because when a guy walks into a room, it doesn't really matter what he looks like. But for a woman, it's like your entire destiny. Like if you're not attractive as a woman, your life fucking sucks. Like it really does. It affects your whole life. If you're not attractive as a guy, you can still marry a really hot woman, get a great job. It's a type. It's like, oh, uh, that's like or he's the just average. It doesn't even girl. matter. Yeah. yeah. And I just kind of feel like no matter how feminist you think you are, like you, th- I think about how much money and hours, like, like I got my hair dyed this weekend. It took three hours. Yeah. And it was almost $400. Like right. I'm pretty sure guys get their hair cut and it's 20 minutes and $20. Absolutely. Like, or even just like when you go to a nail salon, like the amount of, I always have sort of an existential crisis at a nail salon. You probably felt this way at the hair salon. I don't know where you like look around and you're like, we're all just kind of sitting and we can't use our hands. And where it's just a bunch of women. There's always like the one dude who gets a pedicure. Shout out to that guy. He's but everyone else sure. is a woman. And it's like always the middle of the fucking day. It's like we're using our day, our daylight to sit and have like lacquer 
like UV'd to our fucking nails. Like I always kind of spin out and I'm like, man, I could be using my time so much more wisely than this. But this is the standard. If I have gross nails, I feel gross. Well, it's like men are more successful than women. But also we probably spend like 75 percent of our life like looking hot. Truly, it is. It is a separate. We all are. We all have two jobs, whatever our job is and looking hot. hot. And it's expensive and it takes tons of time. It takes all the time. Yeah. And And the the mental, the amount, I always say this, I'm like, I would be smarter. I know. I'm a smart person. It's shocking I'm as smart as I am, (laughs) considering the majority of my brain space is like, I'm fat, I'm a piece of shit, I'm getting old, I'm disgusting, am I enough, is my... Does my vagina smell good? Do right. I? Da, da. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's literal, non-stop, never-ending, and that's why. And I may have told you this before. Please. This has a, a deeper theory, and I would love to hear your thoughts. Oh my god, dying to which know. Which is that, like, men in my life and your life, I'm sure. Okay, please. Cannot stop quoting movies. I mean, they quote movies that I'm like, for they saw them one time, and they can recall the entire fucking script. Why? And I. This is my theory. Is because they have room up here <laughs> to retain They're, quotes. Oh my god! I think of the quotes well, we could. The have only been... show I can quote is this fucking show, and it's because I've seen it seventy thousand times. Literally, I have no quote space because no! I'm like too busy like getting Botox, like dying my gray. Hashtag quote space. Yes. Oh my god. Fucking yes, Rose. God damn it. Okay. I know. But you know what? Okay, you know what my pet peeve is? Please. Is guys Give it to who me pretend like. Or guys who criticize the way women look like, oh, she shouldn't get plastic surgery. That actress looks bad. Or or, or that girl's wearing too much makeup. It's like as if you would even date an ugly girl ever. Uh, uh, I don't want to hear it. You can't win. And they'll say it. And they'll also do the opposite where they're like, oh, like she like, oh, I just want a natural girl. Your girlfriend's a size two and she's 20. I I don't care. I just never want to hear any guy's opinion on what a girl looks like ever. Ever. I, I, I've gotten so mad at Dan when he'll, he'll say something like, yeah, that she, oh my God, she looks so much better before she had plastic surgery, that actress. And I'm like, fuck off. Like, yes, sure. uh, Yes, of course. Yes. She looks kind of like an alien with all that Botox, but also like if she didn't, nobody would hire her. She did that Botox because she thinks she needs to. She's not crazy. Well, the thing is you are literally not allowed to age as a woman. Like there's a huge billboard of this really sexy actor in this um, movie called TV show called Bodyguard. Okay. And he's fucking hot. He's uh-huh. a sex symbol. I want to slam. Yeah. He's got wrinkles as deep as the Grand Canyon on his forehead. Right. And he is a sex symbol. Right. None of that gray was, hair. None gray, of does that, he have gray hair? I don't know. But, okay. but his wrinkles were intense. None of it was photoshopped out. It was yeah. like in high def on a billboard. Yeah. Helen Mirren has to be smooth. Right. Like we can literally never look old. Like if we look old, it would be the end. No. And so it's like, yeah, maybe we look a little plasticky, but like we're not literally allowed to age. I said Ever. literally because I'm so passionate. Please. I'm like uh, working you, myself into a I souffle. Love, I love literally and literally is literally going to be a word you guys hear a lot on this podcast. I fully support it. I feel like I lost. I mean, not to be obsessed, but I feel like I lost a couple pounds just like going on that rant. Not that it matters. Not that it matters. God. Jamila Jamil, we're not trying. We love her. Okay, guys, we're going to take a quick break, and then we will BRB with more show. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So... 
You want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall, rock-climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. And we are back, baby. Let's proceed. Oh my god, with the literally. Epi. Should we? I'm almost like feel like I blacked out. Oh I don't even god. know what we just said. Oh my god. I, I just know it was it was everything. It was our it was our time. It was talk. everything. I loved it. I loved every second. Okay, so um after the girls uh eat pork spare ribs ensemble in Carrie's apartment, we go to Carrie hanging out with her painter friend who reveals his latest installation art project. He tapes himself having sex with models without their consent. What a cool, fun, groundbreaking artist he is. Barf all of the barf. Carrie literally doesn't st- skip a beat she's like oh do they know that you're filming them he's like i don't maybe some of them i think he said some of them maybe and you're like cool you're a fucking rapist no and then she goes she like she's into it she's like cool can i have a light remember that i'm like the 90s was literally like sexual assault like didn't exist in the 90s question mark it was like hot it's like me too give me more or something Uh, me yeah me want i don't know confusing so after this whole shenanigan nonsense, Carrie bops on over to a fashion show where Stanford Blatch, which like, okay, <laughs> nice names. name, Carrie's best gay friend outside of the core four introduces Carrie to Derek, a hot underwear model he's representing. Yes, if you are wondering what Stanford Blatch does for work, he's a talent agent, baby. At the fashion show after party, just as Samantha scurries off to seduce Carrie's videotaping painter pal, Big appears out of nowhere. Carrie's like, yay, it's that hot rich guy who rides around in a Lincoln. They start talking about her column and where she likes to write, a coffee shop on the Upper East Side. But just then, a model comes up, Big introduces her as his date for the evening, and Carrie's like, yuck, I've got to GTFO out of this party. Ugh. Gross. Uh, Big also calls her article cute, which is like so disturbing. Carrie leaves model Palooza feeling small, icky, and as she says, invisible. That is until Derek, the underwear model, stops Carrie on the street before she catches her cab and says, can I come back to your place? He's got a six pack and all of his hair and teeth. So she's like, duh, of course you can. But once they're at her apartment, Derek kind of just wants to hang out in her bed and chat it up and have like a platonic sleepover. So what do you want to be when you grow up? Oh, well, I think this might be it. What do you want to be when you grow up? I'd like to move back to Iowa and have kids and be a cop. So Iowa, you're obviously from Brazil. (laughs) I felt like I was in my bedroom when I was 16, and I used to hang out with this guy who was really beautiful, and my parents thought I was helping him with his chemistry homework. Okay, Terry. Do you mind if we just lie here? Yeah, what were they doing? I get so lonely in the city. Sometimes it's just nice to lie with someone. Sure. We could do that. Okay, so... All right. This this clip felt... This, this moment felt very loaded to me because I guess my question is, do you think Carrie genuinely was fine that they just chatted? Or do you think that she wanted more because she was feeling rejected after the scenario big, with yeah. Big and uh, and actually had blue balls. And yeah, I'm wondering how you feel. My take was this guy was so sweet, but kind of lame. Like, like, not that smart. He little felt dumb. like he barely spoke English. Like when yeah. he's like, I'm from Iowa, I'm like, <laughs> Iowa, South America. Like he was not American, which is fine. But the acting was so weird, too. I was like, is he trying to be like a stoned person or a sweet person or, or did a stoned they just get a model person? who truly cannot act? Possibly. I'm sure. Um, I don't think she actually wanted to fuck him. He had no vibe. Like he was mm. he was pretty for a photo. But like being sexy has something to do with what you look like, but not much. It's It's a swag. He had no swagger. I don't think she really wanted to sleep with him. I think that he was so lame so quickly, and he was—he literally said, "I'm lonely. Can I just like sleep in your bed?" I think she was like, "Okay." Yeah. What did whole, you think? 
I thought that whole move. Well, I felt I felt frustrated for her. I think I was projecting because I think if I were in that scenario and like I just saw this dude that I really like, Mr. Big, and he was like with a model and I'm feeling insecure in a room full of models. And then I leave feeling alone. And then the hottest guy ever is like, can I go home with you? And then we don't fuck. And he's dumb. Yeah, you're right. I would just be like, why are you in my bed? Like, go home. But he weirdly was so vulnerable. I was about to quote a movie, and I was proud of myself. Which Isn't one? that a movie? Go home. Where's your home? Is that What is that from? Oh, all the guys know. Guys, go home. Skyler. Adam Sandler. Okay, Skyler, it's not Air Bud. I don't know what this is. I think it's... Ha- oh, Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. Right. Oh, my God. High five me. I Jamie, just quoted you, a movie. If you, if you did a little bit less of your personal trainer, you would have come up with that quote God, so much quicker. I know. I know. Oh, my God. You know what? I have to say, um, if if we could, because you're bringing up something really important, which is that she just got shafted by Big. Mm-hmm. Could I bring up something that happened at that at the club or wherever? Of course. Okay, because the, there's something that happened that really disturbed me. And. This this show was on a long time ago, so I'm just rewatching it now. And as much as I absolutely am obsessed with it, there's certain things about it that I'm realizing are really toxic. Because when she bumps into Big at that bar or whatever, he completely puts her down. He says, "Oh, I read your column. It's cute." Oh, that was horrifying. If you make horrifying. artistic work and it's your livelihood and your passion, and someone calls it cute, it's basically like just saying "fuck right no, off." No, I, I, when I, when I heard "cute," I was like, "That's a deal breaker." How could you be into that guy after that? That's so shitty. Anyways, but I go mean, on. So much so that I think it's actually bad to 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 sh- tell women that like the guy that tells you that your job is cute is the one that you should be violently in love with. Couldn't like, agree more. That's really toxic, and it, it is kind of '90s. I mean, this came out in the '90s when like negging and like the game came out, yes. and literally men who like read those books were taught that if you like subtly put down a girl, she'll want to fuck you because he puts her down the whole time. He said, Oh, what are you writing about this week? And she goes, Oh, I'm writing about models. And he's like, yeah, what's wrong with like wanting to date the hottest girl in the world. And it's like, that's a really insensitive thing to say to a very cute but normal-looking girl who's five foot tall. It's just kind of like everything he said was mean. So why is why are we building him up to be like, she also literally says he's out of my league. And it's yes. like I don't like this because this is when girls are like, oh, I love that guy. He didn't call me and he doesn't like me and he's dating my friend. It's yeah. like, no, well, none of this. I think that I think that we've seen this now twice because he did it in that moment. But also in the last episode when they're in the car and it's like that, you know, romantic, quote unquote, romantic scene between Carrie and Big when he's when she's like, oh, I'm a I'm sort of a sexual anthropologist. And he's like, you mean a hooker, Ew. which I get it. He's making a joke, but you don't know her. So making that joke is like, fuck you. It's also a sexist joke to be like, what are you, a whore? It's yes. like, OK, calm down, like Adam Carolla man show. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Gross. That is so spot on, Rose. Fuck. That is so true. I also just think that like so I just think so many women end up in this pattern of like, oh, my God, he's so amazing. Yeah. He's not nice to me. He's so out of my league. And it's like, I can't believe that the guy Carrie's so lovable and cute and fun and spunky and fabulous. And like the guy that she's totally pining for puts her down at every turn. Like, what are we telling women? I also hate this thing of like, yeah, I feel like um, I've, I've definitely dated guys where they feel very comfortable talking about even guy friends. Honestly, I'll even open it up. Feel very comfortable talking about how other women are hot. I think and that's I very understand. rude. I look if you're friends, you know, it depends I on the context. But there is a little bit like when you talk to me about how this other woman is super beautiful, like like Big does in this. Mean. It hurts it's my just feelings. Like, it's I know you're not saying that I'm not or whatever, but it is. There's an air of like you're not enough. That's who's enough, and I think that that's the implication. And because of everything we've said this episode of like women are constantly After so much trying, all the stuff that we're trying to do. We put so much effort into everything. So when you bring up, oh yeah, I think that girl's hot. It always stinks. It literally feels it like always. A nice- that goes from the vagina up to the nostril. Yes. And we can take it. We're very strong and we're used to those kinds of comments. I can publicly take it and then at home I like fling onto the bed there's and like a, scream. There's a, there's, a, there's a tingle of fuck off that hurt my feelings always when I hear stuff like that. Um, also, I would just like to point out, circling back to blue balls if you don't mind. Please. That um, I think blue balls, uh, that's always a topic when I said that I think Carrie felt blue balls. I have had a couple of instances of blue balls. Yeah, tell me. And... It's a weird, it's a, it's a, 
if I think for and I'll just whatever. Okay, I think uh, for men when you hear about blue balls, it always seems like a physical sensation yeah. where it's like, oh yeah, like, oh no, you're not gonna touch my dick. I'm gonna have blue balls. It's like, well, go fucking masturbate, you loser. Also, like, it's like take, the bathroom's always literally available. take it into your own hands. Let me show you the bathroom. Yeah, it's like blue balls are such an easy solution. Yes, go to the bathroom, women, come back in two minutes. But for women, I think there's more emotional. Brain Blue balls. balls. We have brain balls in addition to the blue balls. We yeah. want to fuck and also we feel Ego. super fucking rejected. Yeah, because maybe guys are more used to be rejected sexually because it's like the they numbers. They are the ones. And they're also the aggressor a lot if of the time. If a guy times. ever doesn't want to have sex with a woman, it's aggressor, like... Aggressor, the instigator right. is what I mean. Sorry, go ahead. No, like we're taught that like men always want to have sex with us. So even if it's like a serious boyfriend or like a long-term person or a husband and they're like, not tonight, baby. We're like, what? am I not a woman? Should I just like walk right. into the ocean? You're am like, I should done? I cut off my tits <laughs> yeah. right now? and just throw myself like, I, like, off of a cliff. Transition? Like, am I, I know. is it done? I know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one time, uh, I've also, in terms of male blue balls, I always felt like guys say blue balls in this way where, like, y- like you're responsible for their satisfaction. And I remember I used to do a joke when I was first starting out about how I used to give a get-me-out-of-here hand job, which is very, it's it's not even a joke. It's literally just sad. It's like pre-me too. We were I all would, so traumatized that even our jokes were just, like, cries for Help. So sad. I was 18. I remember I was at this guy's house and he really creeped me out. Like when I came to his house, it was like it was late at night, but like all the lights were off in this way where I'm like, no one's just hanging out in the dark except for you. And that's creepy. Ew. And I go in and like he was just kind of had that vibe of like, when are you going to touch my dick? And I Ew. truly was like, I need to leave, but I don't feel like I can just say I want to go. So I gave him a quote unquote, get me out of here hand job. Oof. I don't know why I told that story, but I just felt the need to share. <laughs> I'm glad you did. Okay, thanks. This is a safe space. I feel it. I feel it so much. Um, okay, we have to take a quick break, and then we'll BRB with our final moment of the episode. Fab. Fab. All right, we are back. So where were we? I know. Okay, so after Carrie and Derek the model bunk up together and share secrets in Carrie's bed, we find Carrie at her local coffee shop on the Upper East Side with her laptop analyzing modelizers some more. And guess who randomly drops by? Why, of course, it's Mr. Big. He literally stops by for two seconds, and it's weird, but I'm here for it. I'm also here for it. I'm not interrupting your work, am I? Hey, what a surprise. I can't stay. I'm late for a meeting. But I've been thinking about that article you're writing about men who date models. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what about them? First of all, well, there are so many goddamn gorgeous women out there. Fuck in off. City. What an amazing observation. I love her zing back. But the thing is this. Mm. After a while, you just want to be with the one that makes you laugh. Sure, big. Know what I mean? Oh my god. Okay. Thoughts? You go. I mean, I honestly just really dislike Mr. Big. Can I? Uh, okay. Sorry. Go ahead. You I go. literally was like, no, I just I just feel it so strongly with you. Go ahead. You. Go, go, go in. I, I think he's like two things. I think he's a gaslighter. A hundred percent. This is, he's the original gaslighter. It's actually crazy that this show that is so amazing is like teaching women that like, the man that you should hang all your hopes and dreams for is a rich, hot guy who dates models, drives expensive cars, and then, like, plops in to tell you that your he work is cute. Literally ah, pops in and out. And I, I was saying this to Skyler. Also, breadcrumb 101. Just gives her mean? breadcrumbs. Doesn't ask oh, her out. Oh, doesn't. no. He's all breadcrumbs. He's all breadcrumbs. And in also, real life, if someone's breadcrumbing you, run. That is sage advice, sage wisdom. Also, it's weird how... Big in these early episodes is kind of like a fucking twisted version of the manic pixie dream girl trope. Oh my God. He's like the rich Wall Street but he kind of like trickster. He's like a trickster, but then he's like, like he's sort of painted as like, he's like so wise. And he he kind of just like pops in and like gives his thoughts and then like flies away like a little kooky fairy. And you're like, <laughs> But you're just insulting her. Everything it's like you the say wise insults thoughts her. Thoughts are just like 
they're not wise things. and they're not complicated. That is my feeling with this is like in this episode, I feel like the takeaway is like men are not complicated. The I, I don't want to say all men, not all men, but the men in this episode from the painter uh, who, who is videotaped the literal the trash. She's a trash can. All the way to big. All the men in this episode think they're so fucking complicated and they are the most The women are kind of going with it, though. Yes, and the women are like, I love how you're like nothing. I love how like, like Derek is like a vapid vessel. Yeah, but Carrie thinks he's also pretty vapid. It's not like she's like fascinated. Oh, Rose? Oh, I think she's like. I know. You think that she's like not into it. I felt like she was like hoping to like hmm. get to like get cozy with a no, hot guy I and think like, she, like get felt to know bad him. For him. She's like this guy like can barely navigate sentences. You okay. Just, like, okay. Lay okay. down. Well, okay. Then I'll just say the painter and big, they both think they're so like cool also, and artistic. It's like you're fucking basic as fuck. Okay. One thing that's really fun about this show too, is like all of the art direction and like they go to fancy restaurants and everyone's gorgeous and the fashion, but there's this really funny scene in this episode where she goes to like this very, very hot guy. Who's a painter's studio mm-hmm. where he's like, painting <laughs> like the worst paintings honestly it's like lisa <laughs> frank like don't, wishes even, he could don't be lisa insult frank. lisa frank like that it's like basically like colorful hand turkeys <laughs> it's so bad and like we're supposed to believe he's like a serious like artiste accent over the eye and it's literally like spray paint like rainbow it's spray like, paint it's just like fucking like like beat like rothko ripoff bullshit just like it's color on a canvas we like he's such a child a child could do a cooler painting but like i mean no offense like art director on the show fabulous but like asleep at the wheel for this like I they're like showing these paintings and you're supposed to like ooh ah but in real life i'm like Whose kid, like, donated their work for this? Like, I know. It's also, like, what artist, like, mostly does, like, big, colorful canvases, but then also dabbles in, like, taping like, women as an installation like, project? Like, sociopath porn. It's, He's yeah. like, when I'm not doing Lisa Frank rainbows, I'm taping women against their will while I'm fucking them. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's like, this really Jesus. cool thing I'm thinking of putting in a gallery. It's the like, rainbows is the gallery? Yeah, is the gallery jail, you fucking <laughs> scary dude? And he straight up looks like Patrick Bateman from American Psycho. He and does. I love where he's like, I just love to fill my life with beautiful things. That's why I date models. I'm like, if you want to fill your life with beautiful things, throw away your paintings, first of all. Yeah, they're really wretched. <sighs> okay, so, yeah. Um, I, I, I think that uh, I, have a, I have a friend who um, has on and off dated a guy for a really long time who is a little bit like Mr. Big. Mm-hmm. He's wealthy. I know, I know, I know. He's this, successful. I know this person, he's, yes. ham- he's handsome. Yes. But he's been breadcrumbing her. And she I love t- that term, by the way. Yeah, you just give somebody a crumb, but you don't give them a real relationship. You don't give them anything. Give just- me the carbs. Give me a full fucking loaf. Right. And she said, she said, I think sex in the city is dangerous for women because it's teaching you that those guys will one day turn around and say, you know what? I'm done dating models. I'm done negging you. I'm here. I want to be a husband, a father. It's so and fake. It's such a bad thing to tell women because those guys are actually never going to do that. Stick to the guy who's like available right now. Who's like, would you like to take a walk or something? I don't yeah. know. I love walking. That's why I me said too. That. No, that's like my dream date. It's I'm just like, like let's strolling. Go on a walk. I know. Yeah. Same. Okay, well, um, what's interesting about... Oh, I was going to say one more thing. Say it. Don't hold back. No, I don't remember what I was going to... Oh, I was just going to I was going to talk a little bit about Big being like, you oh, know, there are all these beautiful women, but at the end of the day, you know, you just want to be with someone who makes you laugh. It's and like, are you really like, going to date, like, Kathy Griffin? I yeah, doubt. Yeah, and that's, that's kind of what I was thinking, because I was like, you know, I know a lot of women we know yeah. kind of talk about and struggle with personally, like... How we're, you know, we're like strong, funny women who make our livings being Being funny funny. and like how that impacts, you know, uh, (laughs) relationship dynamics and how sometimes men, um, you know, I think that there are men who love it and I think there are men who feel threatened by it and they're used to being the funny one and they kind of or they can't really share the funny spotlight. I don't know. Okay, I have to say as a single person who dates a lot. Let's hear it. Um, every guy, no matter what he does for a living, who he is, what his race, what country he's from, thinks he's hilarious. Every guy on his profile is like, guaranteed to make you laugh. I'm hilarious. And it's like, so unlikely is this true. Also, who, 
if you think you're hilarious, you don't have to, say you don't have you just to write be yourself. that. Yeah. It's like, instead of saying you're hilarious, just say something funny. Don't, it's like, don't show, make me take your tell. word for it. Right. So I think that, um, the, and that's another thing too. If you tell somebody like you're a writer or you're a comedian, like a lot of times guys will be like, yeah, I write. I, I do some, I, I've actually been thinking of doing some comedy. It's like, that's not what the are you, same. a surgeon? I would never be like, you know, I've been thinking about like casually performing right. surgery. It's, it's like, like just let people up? do what they do. Who cares? Yes, yes. Everybody thinks they're, I think men generally think they're funny. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes they are. I actually think it's okay if you're not funny. I think the only thing that's bad is when you're convinced you're hilarious yeah. and you're aggressively not. I actually dated a guy a couple of, for a couple of months last summer who was really cute and sweet and nice and trying to be a comedian and like, I don't think you should, like, dash people's dreams, but I wanted to be like, is there anything else you are interested in? Yeah. Is there anything else that possibly could work Could work for you? Because, like, I don't want to, like, say anything, but, like, I highly encourage you to go in the other direction. Yes. He used to tell me these long jokes and, like, oh ten, my God, ten no. minutes later, he'd get to a punchline and I would just be dead silent because, oh like, God. I'm not going to fake You're laugh not if it's gonna, not funny. No. And he goes, you don't think I'm funny, do you? And I just, like, didn't even say anything back. Ooh, I was like, this a, restaurant looks fun. That's also such a gross just, like, oh, you didn't like like if you're it, like just just accept the bomb you don't have yeah. to call out like oh you're not laughing at my thing it's like that's just another level of arrogance I can't take but I think there's plenty of guys that love a funny woman and like everyone I've ever like really been into like a big part of the relationship is like laughing and joking sure. and like riffing no it's everything it's just I think there's something like though again I think this brings me back to this space of like the show this episode particularly like kind of it's kind of putting women in specific boxes, like even There's Mr. The model Big, or the funny one. Well, also Mr. Big, yeah, the, Mr. Big's like you know there are a lot of beautiful women, but also at the end of the day, you know, I I would sacrifice a gorgeous face for like a an a, I love Lucy type. It's like yeah. I don't. There's just something like also it's like no, both you wouldn't. exist, right? Both exist, and also. I was saying this to Skylar earlier. Skylar is here. He's not allowed to talk because he's a man, but um, he he will in a bit. But um, uh, I I feel I feel like this this episode kind of disregards that brains inform beauty, and that I know it's like kind of corny, but it is like people do become so like beautiful when they're three dimensional, and I think it's pretty easy, like you were saying about Carrie and the the guy Derek like you were like she's not even into it because he's like boring I didn't as get fuck that feeling yeah and so I'm kind of like I would I would I wish if the show like we're still on the air or you know whatever if we can like rewrite the episode I would like to see a little less sort of like women are like this and kind of more I don't know it was just really bleak and I don't I, I just don't think beauty is as as cut and dry as like she's fucking hot I want to be with her like I think it's so much more complicated just like I sexuality think people is that think that I think people that see I feel like when I was younger like in my early 20s and I just moved to New York I was really into image and mm. I only dated like really like wildly hip tattoos skinny like gorgeous emaciated model type guys that was like a type for me for a while oh, interesting but that really spoke to how deeply superficial I was and after having a couple boyfriends like that I was like wait a minute this guy sucks he's depressing he's not fun he has great yeah. taste in music he looks really cool in clothes but I'm not having fun and when I dated my first fun guy like funny and nice I was like oh my god see this so is my problem I feel like I dated I dated Guys who were not hot. I went all personality. And now I look back and when you talk about that, I'm like, damn it, I should have just like fucked <laughs> but some it wasn't dumb hot people. No, the best is somebody who's but it really been cool. nice to have that phase. The I romanticize is, that phase, learning that through I think, experience. I, I think I think the reason that people are so triggered by models is because when I think it actually comes back to high school because your life is so like put in hierarchy in high school and like the best looking people in high school rule the school. They get invited to all the things and the rest of us normal people. I'm not sure if you were. I was really weird looking in high school. So I didn't Same. go to prom or anything like mm -hmm. that. And I think well, that I went to a high school. <laughs> I went to a very atypical high school in that it was an arts magnet high school and there were no. It kind of prided itself. Prided itself. What does every word that come out of my that comes out of my mouth sound not like a word? Prided myself. Is Pr that it? Proud itself. Proud itself. It shat Whatever. Itself. It shat itself. But it did it. It the whole sort of like 
the whole model of the school was like no clicks. Everyone's like kind of friends oh, with wish. each other. And like, yeah, it's like it my school is literally yeah. like if you sit here, like, right, right, like you'll be like physically removed by jocks. Right, 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 right. Yeah. No, I know. And then I'll like see movies about like high schools and I'm like, whoa, like that's what that high school I think men and like? women have bitterness against models and wildly hot people just because they do exist on another plane. Like the John Hams of, of the world. And like, it's just like people don't say no to them. They get jobs. Like just, it's like a joke. Yeah. But I think you have to just let that go and just live your life and be happy. Of course. So yeah, the, the, the question of the episode um, is do you have to be this is actually so usually Carrie poses the question of the episode I feel like when she's writing her column but in this episode uh, it's Miranda hmm. and she says do you have to be a supermodel to get a date in New York um, I would say um, I mean it doesn't hurt to be a supermodel um, let's let's not uh, deny what's real but um, I I think that I believe like dating is like an audition I think that you truly cannot predict what they want. So you should just be as you as possible and hopefully like it'll sync up and the person will be on board. I don't mean to be like a downer or a realist, but I do think cities like L.A. and New York, like I'm going to be honest, everyone in this room is very good looking. We're good looking people. I think that it is harder for somebody who's not that good looking to like date in New York. It's not like a normal city. It's literally where everyone in the country goes to make it in front of the camera. We have a crazy disproportionate level of like the hottest people in the world. So I do think it's harder. I'm not talking about us, but I do think it's harder for a normal looking person. Mm. That being said, there's millions and millions of people in these cities. So of course there are, but I don't think that I think that if you're normal looking in other cities, you could be like the talk of the town. And in New York, you could be like easily overlooked. I think it's also just values. I think that there is many people as there are in New York who are like, you know, they're they're seeny and they're, they, you know, they they know models or they know they're like mixed with like all these, you know, whatever. In bumping cold, elbows with right. like cool, hot. There's also people who are like, fuck this shit. I am so tired. Older. I just want to meet someone who's good. Nice. Yes. I think you're right. I think you're right. I think, it's about I think it there's all of it. Up. But I'm not going to lie. If you went to a small town, it'd probably be easier to, like, get a lot of dates than if you were, like... I think it's a great point. Thank you. I think you bring up a great point. I mean, I think also... I'm not trying to be negative and saying, not, like, you're not. regular people can't date you're here. Not. I just think that it's... There is a difference between New York and Fresno. Like, you know what I mean? How dare you? <laughs> there's Fresno. no difference. They're the same. Fresno is I was thinking incredible. of just moving to New York, going from New York straight to Fresno. I actually had a friend when I first moved to New York, who moved to Fresno, and she was so fucking hot. So when she moved did to she Fresno, like, I was like, Fresno by do you storm? literally did like, did your vagina just like, in, like envelop <laughs> every, like literally just like, oh, like the wind cloud with the eyes, just like sucking the she town like into her pussy. She like became the mayor, even though she didn't even run. Truly. Like, yeah. And I think she's actually now like a yoga instructor. So like her body is straight up like banging and she's just like Get living it, it up in Fresno. I mean, sometimes I have fantasies like that. Like I should just go to the small town and be like the funniest prettiest person oh there my God. or to stay here and be like one Let's of the masses. Let's pitch a show. <laughs> um, okay. So Skylar. Yes. Hello. Do you think women need to be supermodels to get a date in New York in, City? In New York. As a person who only went to New York City for the first time when I was like 19. Um, Late bloomer. I, I didn't come up come up in New York. I didn't grow up in New York, so I don't really know what growing up there is like to like date. Yeah. Um, what was your impression? I I would think there's probably like a level of vanity that it like certainly helps dating wise. Like I, there does certainly seem to be like a looks element of dating going sure. on there. But I also think that like just based on my limited experience there, like it's a considerable like I feel like I o overlap with people who are in like way different industries they're just like on the street and like I think that people in entertainment people doing comedy like they're there is where like imagistic elements like enter into dating imagistic. more so. Uh, That's what I'm thinking. Like, imagistic. Uh, imagistic. But yeah. um, I don't think it matters as much so in like less image driven. Yeah, like if you're industries. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I don't yeah. think like the engineering world is like. I actually think I you need... have to be hot to be a professor. Otherwise, 100%. I don't want to fucking look well, at your stupid face. All doctors are hot face. according to TV shows. Yes. But yeah, I just don't think that like. 
you got to be a perfect 10 if you're an engineer. Like, no. like You know what I mean? Like, I think, uh, yeah, that, I that's kind of where I land on it. I okay. think that New York, uh, I think New York does hands down, well, I would say Barcelona People-wise, is the most beautiful city I've ever been to. But New York is a, is a close second for me. It's it's really next level. I think people look level. cool. I think this is my thing. In LA, everyone's on TV or wants to be on TV, so everybody's body's like slamming. But it's really boring fashion. Like everybody just looks like oh, the Jessica Biel, so Reese Witherspoon. Bad. Like everyone just wants to look like a typical girl. Girl in New York, people want to look cool and weird, like Tilda Swinton, Bjork, and I think that shit's hotter. So like, yeah, everyone's good looking in quotes in LA. But I feel like what I'm personally more attracted to in women and men, I'm not attracted to women, but I mean like what catches my eye is like funky fashion, like weird choices, like more boldness than just like great yes, bod. Yes, I know? agree. It is, it's more interesting. And all, the people watching in oh. New York is great for the right reasons in that like people like look, look interesting and have like really like I feel like the term street style is comes to mind when I think of New York and yeah. I'm like what would LA, LA street style is just like knitted beanies and like it's like, per, like short, purposely ripped jeans there is this one style that contrast guys wear out stitching here, true religion which is like so not okay like for the, the one straight guy that's listening like just never do this never wear tight black jeans with like bought rips in the knees mm. a long shirt that's like long shirts long. are so in I don't understand a couple understand. of necklaces and a hat go leave get I out also, I hate no, no fucking leather bracelets. Like you don't Chunky need a leather. Of red leather bra- yeah, it's never one. It's always like four or five. The it's only necklace many. I like on a man, honestly, no. I think a little gold Hunk necklace turquoise. is cute. Oh, okay, that is cute. That it's is kind of hot. It's kind of masculine. chest. I like it. Yeah, I want to fuck a soprano. I'm also, into it. when you said that uh, Barcelona was the hottest city, I just have to say that I went to Europe for the first time when I was 19, and I looked around. I was in Italy and Spain. And I was like. There's no ugly people no. here. Like, if you go to an American airport, like, if you go to LAX and you look around, like, there's a lot of unattractive people. If you go to an airport in Europe, you're like, I'd fuck everyone here. Literally, like, yeah, it'll be like a 70-year-old man you're like, who's just, like, sitting it. with his dog, and you're like, oh, he has all of his hair. He's wearing a great his, outfit. His skin is is beautifully olive-complected, and he has piercing green eyes for some reason, and he's just, like, a stunner. Kristen and I went to Sweden a couple of years ago. How was that? It was wild. It How is good what, looking people are. Yeah, it's it is what, seven feet tall. A hundred percent. Like Great it is outfits. what the like, also have, cliche expectation is. Like have, everyone looks nuts. Wow. I noticed in Sweden and also in um, Amsterdam. I noticed it. The, Amsterdam. Yeah, seriously, they have. They're, they're <laughs> this is so Sorry, fucked horrific. up. They're not. They don't <laughs> just have white Show myself skin. Out. It's not like like a white person, obviously they're white, they have white skin. The, the white people are naturally like orange tan, but not in a creepy Donald Trump way. They just have like an orange undertone to their skin where I'm like, how, like, where do you get that? It's unbelievable. Also, by the way, hmm. This is kind of a tangent, but like if we're talking about the hottest people on earth um, as a Jew, like when I went to birthright, I was mm-hmm. like, wait a minute. The Jews in Israel are so fucking hot because all the boys on my trip were like pale and skinny and had glasses and freckles and were like, you know, like allergic to everything. And then we get there and there's these like golden gods holding guns that were like, shut up. These are Jews. Oh, God. I still need to go. I want to go. Israel's crazy. Is it weird that I said (laughs) white people with orange skin are hot? Okay. Girl, whatever you like. Guys, uh, that, oh, oh, wait, that's not our final segment. So before we go, we have one more segment. It's called I'm Horny 4. Sex and the City is obviously a very horny show, which is why we love it. So we end every episode by sharing what we're currently horny for. Jamie Lee, what are you horny for today or this week? Okay, uh, I am currently horny. Okay, so, okay, so there's this song. My favorite song of all time, hands down, is Temptation by New Order. It's just a little wow, little fact hip. about me. Okay. So I love it so much. I started playing more New Order for Dan because I want to like get him on board. He's super into it. So he went down a like wormhole listening Dan is to her husband. Dan's my husband. We started listening to every version of this song, all of the live versions there are a lot. Okay. And New Order sounds a little crazy and drunk when they're live on a whole. Like the guy's voice just kind of goes nuts. So we found this one recording where he does the weirdest thing in the middle of it. He does this like, mm, like you just have to hear it. Okay. So I pulled the clip for context. (laughs) 
and it's just so I'm I'm horny for it. I, it's so bad, it's good. Wow, that's awesome. God. <laughs> I'm horny for so many things. I'm literally yeah, very horny because I'm ovulating right now. So like Ooh. I'm horny literally and figuratively. Biologically. Yeah. But what am I horny for? Um, I would say I'm very horny for Lexapro right now. Okay. I've been on it since I was 19. It has saved my life. I'm obsessed with it. And I've been thinking about it because I've got a bunch of friends and acquaintances coming out of the woodworks that sadly are like really struggling mental health wise right mm. now. And I always tell them the same thing. Like if you're crying every day, if you hate yourself, like that's not normal. Like you need to get on medication. Sorry, this is like so real and so intense Please. and serious. We but can I- be horny for sadness. I'm horny for happiness. And like, I'm a really happy, joyful, energetic person, but it's literally because I'm on meds. Like, yeah. I am a puddle on the ground when I'm not. So, I feel very lucky to live in a time where there's a pill that like could just make me so healthy and good. And like, when I can't be strong, it can be strong for me. Okay. I love so, how your horniness is like heartfelt and trying to help well, this people. Is, like, and my to be a horniness show is and like, I, like, brought it really serious. No, my horniness is literally a guy in a song going, ooh. <laughs> Well, Jamie, listen, that's why the show works. It's so good. I'm just being very earnest right now just because, like, who knows who's listening to this? There's a lot of shame around medication, and a lot of people have never even considered taking it because they are so scared about it. And I'm just here to tell you, if you're sad every day, that's not how it's supposed to be, and there's stuff out there that can help you. I love it. And I love you. And I love, I love you too. this show. I love the show, too. And that's the end of our episode, you guys. We love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. listening to Couldn't Help a Wonder. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at chbwpod and follow my co-host Rose Cerno on Insta and Twitter at Rose Cerno. And please follow my co-host Jamie at Really Jamie Lee on Instagram and at The Jamie Lee on Twitter. And please rate, review, subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app if you're nasty. It helps us. It helps you. It helps everyone. You nasty. Bye. Bye. Forever. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Engineered and mastered by Alex Sarche. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.